Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Willpower Podcast. Today, we have Ava Krushan with us. Uh, have an awesome conversation with her. I actually met her um, a couple of months ago uh, whenever I was invited to be a judge at this beauty pageant. She ended up winning the beauty pageant. And not only her, um, but a lot of those girls just truly impressed me with by the way that they present themselves and the way that they do um, their interview questions. So I, you know, uh, asked her if she wanted to come on and I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. Awesome. Hey, Ava, thank you so much for being here. I am so happy that you were able to join us for an episode here on the Willpower Podcast. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. I'm super excited for this conversation because... First of all, congratulations on winning uh, Miss Brookside, right? Yeah. There was two right. of them, so I have to remember. But so I actually met um, Ava through kind of random. I got asked by a realtor that we work with, hey, would you be willing to be a judge at this beauty pageant? And I was just like, uh, I don't, I don't know anything about it. So, but I said, hey, this is something new. So I actually had just gone out of town to uh, Texas for a CrossFit competition and got here at like 2 a.m. or something and then uh, ended up and when they told me that it was going to be an all-day thing I'm like okay an all-day thing it was an all-day thing but uh, one of the things that really impressed me about you and all the other girls is just how well-spoken you guys are and then how good you guys are with all kinds of questions so I'm super excited to have you on. I'm super excited to be here. And it was funny. We actually talked about this backstage. Some of us saw your Instagram was like, I got back at like two o'clock in the morning and we're like, oh my gosh, hopefully he's like awake during the interview. <laughs> so like, and I remember some of the girls walked out. They're like, I don't know if he's just tired or if he like didn't like me because we were like really focused. So I thought that was kind of funny. What I loved and I will say, I mean, I was pretty tired, but I was drinking a lot of caffeine. But whenever we came, they came in and they told us, they were like, treat this as a job interview. And I love job interviews because, you know, I feel that people are giving out their best. And I'm, I'm, I was acting as if I'm, I was truly going to hire somebody, right? So maybe I wasn't given the best, like, you know, emotions or whatever. But a uh, couple fun facts. You are actually the uh, second girl on the podcast out of 14 episodes and the youngest one at that. Oh, I'm excited. That makes yes. me excited. So uh, the last girl that we had was, I believe it or not, she's actually still the number one episode right now. Um, super, super accomplished girl. Um, her name is Shanice. Um, she's had a lot of impact in the community. So um, anyways, I'm just, just wanted to point that out there. So, um, so Ava, you said that you're uh, from a family that you come from triplets, right? right? So how was it growing up and like being, being a part of that? Yeah, you know, it was chaos all the time because all of us wanted to do something different. None of us could be alike. So growing up in that environment, it really taught me, you just got to roll with the flow of things. Yeah. Like you're getting dropped off at one practice, the next kid's getting dropped off at whatever, and you just got to roll with the flow of things. And, you know, I'm grateful for it because it's prepared me for life in a lot of ways, but... You know, sometimes I wanted to kill the triplets. Like, I really did because yeah. they were just crazy. Wait, so you're not part of the triplets? No, I'm they're, the big sister oh, of them. And they, are they all males or a mix or what? Two boys, one girl. And so it makes it two girls, two boys. Oh, and like all see, the see, siblings. see. Yeah. I thought that you were the girl part of the triplets. But, no, oh, shoot, that makes it even harder. Yeah. yeah, so I remember in high school when they got to Booker T because I went to Booker T here in Tulsa. And I would have to take them to school. I would have to wait 45 minutes until all their athletics gets done to take them home. And it was just an all 
constant cycle of just chaos and appointments and different events going on, but it's the best type of chaos, I think. Man, and I think that that's going to help you out so much later in life, not only later down whenever you have your own family and you're a mom of your own kids and everything, but, um, you know, I've learned in, in my life that anytime that there is um, discomfort, anytime that there's pain, um, there's a lot of room for growth. And I think that just from the little that I know about you, that you have been able to truly take, take anything that has happened. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things, um, that I remember it was reading your impact statement as I was, is that what's correct? And just how, I always talk about this, and if anybody that's listened to any episode, you've probably heard me say this before, so many people out there just want more and more information, and they don't want to take any action, and one of the things that I remember you telling me was that um, you, when you're ready, to, getting ready to go to college, which, almost congratulations, you're about to graduate in a semester almost, right, um, get into the real world and everything, so, um, but I remember you telling me, I went to my counselor, and he just gave me a bunch of different like websites or something to go. And I guarantee you that he did that probably for a hundred different students and maybe you and maybe three or four others actually did anything with that information, mm-hmm. but you took that and ran with it. And then, um, you, you got to go to where you're now going to school, absolutely debt free, no, no student loans, anything like that. So tell me a little bit about that. Cause yeah. that was super impressive. Yeah. So senior year of high school, I saw how much college was and I was like, holy smokes, I don't want to go into student loan debt. And I was really worried about my parents because they had three more kids yeah. coming behind me all at the same time, the yeah. triplets. So I was like, I need to figure this out for myself. For all my life, I really thought I was going to the university of Oklahoma, big sooner fan. So I was even after this weekend, I'm just oh, kidding. I'm just I kidding. know, I know, I know, but Listen, my little brother's named Switzer after Barry Switzer. So my family, yeah, my family is big Sooner fans, but I always imagine myself going to OU. So I was trying to figure out everything in my wheelhouse to figure out how to pay for it, to not have to go to school and pay for anything. However, I found out about a scholarship at Oklahoma City University while researching for scholarships. And I was like, you know, what the heck? I'm just going to apply for it. Like worse that happens is I don't get it couple months down the road, I have an interview down at OCU for the scholarship. I have a couple stages for that interview process and I find out I won it. So I was like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. But during my high school senior year, it was really important to me to take as much time and effort to apply for scholarships and really do everything I can to make sure I'm not going to have to pay for anything. There was one point my senior year, I was applying for two scholarships a day because I was just, I didn't want to get into debt. And I think so often students don't take that initiative until it's too late. Yeah. And a lot of students, when I was a senior in high school, all the seniors, they weren't applying for scholarships until it was like March, April, May. And a lot of those scholarship applications were already closed. So it was already a little bit too late. So it's really important to me to show students that you can pay for your higher education, but you have to take some time and effort to do so. That's awesome. And, you know, I was just in a Zoom call right before this meeting and I was talking to another loan officer out of Seattle, Washington, and I was telling her, you have so much momentum right now. I think that right now would be a great time for you to try to get maybe some help and get somebody on your team to carry this momentum with you. And and I said, just go ahead and ask your regional manager, uh, because even though you think they might say no, guess what? you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Exactly. The worst they can say is no. Yeah. And the other thing that you just mentioned that also kind of 
reminds me of a lot of the conversations that I had before that, um, before that conversation, I was on a different Zoom call with another guy from Virginia, and I was I had the privilege to talk to like 70-something loan officers from his uh, company about content creation and how content creation can really benefit your business. And a lot of the times, people are like asking, you know, tips and how do I do, what's the, what's, what's the secret to just get there, right? And whenever I started posting content, it was in March and I had about 1100 followers and man, it was time and time and time again to where I just felt like, is this worth it? Is this worth it? Is this worth it? And it wasn't until this past Saturday, I finally hit 10,000 followers and it hasn't, thank you. Yeah. So it, it, so and it hasn't even been a full week and then I just hit 15,000. So it's just like momentum after momentum, but most people that are asking me how to do all this, they post one time and then they're like, oh, this didn't go, this didn't go viral, so this isn't for me. Or they post two or three times or they post for one month. But that reminds me of what you're saying. You said that you were applying for a scholarship up to two times in one week. No, a day. A day. I was doing everything possible because a lot of times you're not going to win every single scholarship you apply for. Oh, I was applying percent. for the little ones that were like $500, 1000 I was able to accumulate quite a few scholarships outside of the scholarship I won at OCU that I never got to use. So I was willing to, I was able to go to OCU, had extra money coming in as well, if anything were to happen. Man, that is, that's so impressive. That's the first time that I've heard you say that, I think, unless I missed it last time that you said it. So that is so impressive. Like you just have to kind of keep on at it, mm -hmm. keep on at it. And then um, another thing too, uh, going back to uh, me judging this beauty pageant, mm -hmm. which I didn't know anything about, I honestly had a completely, I, I always, I always think about anytime that you say something to somebody, it, if you don't frame it for them, they're going to frame it for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So if I say the word or the profession, let's say car salesman, you're automatically going to think a good thing or a bad thing right. based on your own experience. So that, that was the, the whole thing about uh, beauty pageant. Like I feel like a lot of people automatically frame that right but it wasn't until that day that I truly realized how like I was super impressed by everything that you guys learned I was impressed by all the girls that almost to the fact that I'm like if I later down in life you know when I have kids and I have a girl I would love for her to be a part of this because it teaches you so much as far as uh just conversations interview skills all so tell me a little bit about mm -hmm. all the one, what got you into doing it? Yeah. And then and then what are like the top two or three things that you feel like, man, this has really helped me out and it's gonna keep helping me out in my life? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy to think back because I started as a freshman in, in high school. So I was 14 years old and it was Miss Tulsa State Fair's Outstanding Teen. My mom came to me two weeks prior. She was like, hey, I saw this on Facebook. Do you want to compete in it? And I was like, yeah, why not? Because I remember watching Miss America on TV every single year growing up as a kid. And we went and watched Miss Oklahoma one year at Oral Roberts when it was there. But now it's at the River Spirit Casino. And I just remember thinking, like, what the heck? Why not? Like, I grew up doing competitive dance. So I just felt like it was another avenue for me to show off my talent in a way because that was something that I really enjoyed doing. However, going through that experience, it took me 14 local titles to win my first pageant. And when I tell you having that many no's, it's like, holy smokes, like this is not for me. Like yeah. what am I doing wrong? 
But through that, I really gained a lot of skills like communication, being able to walk on a stage, having an opinion about something. And those were things that I didn't have as a 14, 15 year old. So I owe it all to the Miss Oklahoma organization and the Miss America organization for the skills that I have now and also where I'm at right now because I would have never developed my social impact about the importance of higher education about finding scholarships if it wasn't for Miss Oklahoma pushing me in a way. Man, that's so great. And I think that it's so good that at such an early age, which sounds like it kind of happened by accident um, because your mom comes up to you and says, look, there's this thing. Do you want to do it? First of all, I think most people would say, no, like that's way out of my comfort zone. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then based on whatever frame that you had already put on that, even if it was a good one, right? Because you said you grew up watching all those pageants, but you're, you know, there's all these thoughts that can come to your head. Like, am I pretty enough? Am I fit enough? Am I all this to where you just have to, if you feel like it's, it's the thing that you need to do, you got to take that first step in order to be able to um, take advantage of the opportunity. So you took advantage of the opportunity and the rest of it just kind of paid off. But, but if you wouldn't have taken advantage of that opportunity, there's so much that you would have left on the table. Right. And I will say, I've been part of a lot of different masterminds these last couple of years. And one of them ha was on the um, impact of just being a better public speaker and, and being able to frame things in order to be able to truly let people know what you're wanting to talk about. And, you know, one of those things that I really learned about me were was how powerful my story um, is of of me growing up in Mexico and my mom had me when she was at 17 and all this stuff that as a 14 year old and even you know 15 16 in high school I I kind of held all that in and and just didn't know any better to to share this with anybody but it's already been able to impact so many people just just based on that but you were able to take advantage and didn't have to wait till you were you know in your late 20s to go to a mastermind and be like hey this is how you become a better uh, being interviewed and that stuff. So it, you're way ahead of the curve. I just feel like I owe it one to all my mom being like, why not? Like, why not try it in a way? But it's just, it's crazy for me to look back because that was, oh my goodness, like seven, eight years ago when I first started competing. Yeah. And there was just so many times where I was like, this is not working. Like I need to just cut it off. Like yeah. this is not working. But I feel like if you stick with something, it will eventually work or you'll learn something from it. And that's something that I think is really important. Like you can always grow. You can always learn from something, win or lose. I love that. And that's another thing too, that even as a, when I was younger and I would be in relationships and stuff, it, it, a relationship is just something that, um, that I can think of, but it was in many different aspects of life. Right. Um, but even when a relationship wouldn't work out, I would always be like, I believe that this still happened for a reason and I learned a lot from it. So what can I take the good out of this to take into, you know, my next chapter to be able to, you know, make that better. So um, one of the things I was going to ask you was, so you, you never played sports in high school or anything, right? But you're, after you graduate and everything, and you can tell us what you're graduating with, uh, but you're wanting to become like a, a, a sports commentator reporter, right? So wh what's the connect yeah. there? So weirdly enough, in high school, I wanted to become a petroleum engineer. Okay. Um, I loved math, loved science. And it wasn't until 
about my junior year in high school. And I was just reminded of this from my grandmother. Um, it wasn't to my junior year of high school. I was at a local competition. I was giving up my crown from the past year and I was reading the onstage questions and I was like, oh my gosh, I really like being on stage and I like talking in front of people. That's awesome. And I remember telling that to my grandmother and it wasn't until this past year, I really wanted to go into sports. So I grew up around sports all my life. I went to all my siblings, baseball, basketball, football, whatever that may be all of my life. And I've always had an appreciation for it. Even though I didn't play those sports, I always was super in tune to what, what was going on. But it wasn't until this past year when I started working at the Tulsa Drillers where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to work at the news as a reporter. I want to work in sports. Like that's I awesome. love this. So that's kind of where my passion started. And it just, it continuously grows where I just continuously learn more about the Tulsa Drillers, the LA Dodgers. And right now I'm interning at the Oklahoma City Thunder. So it's just yeah, like, oh my gosh, like I'm learning so much and I love this. So that is awesome. So you said that that was, you kind of realized that whenever you were, you were giving like passing your crown, which that's another thing that I learned about, I guess, uh, you know, this, I told you I was doing a cross competition before I went and did that this couple weeks since ago, I went to Oklahoma City and did a cross competition. Difference between most competitions and those is that, and we actually won that one, which I was super pumped about this one in Oklahoma City. And, but we walk away and that was actually the last year that they're doing that competition. So we're not just walking away, you know, winning that, but you'll be the last one, yeah, the yeah. legacy of it. Yeah. But in you guys' thing, it's like, I won, but it's like, you have to like give up that first title the next year yes. and then, and then just, do it all over again. Like, can I get, you know what I mean? So, but, um, so you, you were giving up your crown. So you had already won, but after failing 15 times, is that what you said? Yeah, I failed 14 times. So 14 that, times. that was my first title I ever won. It was Miss Midtown's Outstanding Teen. And ironically enough, that was a part of the Miss Brookside competition back in the day. This is before Chelsea Clark, who's the new executive director took over. And, um, I was giving up my crown that night. I was reading onstage questions to the other teens and I was like, oh my gosh, I really like this. And everything kind of changed between my junior year and senior year of high school because I wanted to become an engineer, took calculus. And I was like, oh no, this is not for me. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh no. But um, then I was like, maybe I want to become like a Savannah Guthrie, like yeah. on the Today Show, because that was one of my favorite things growing up was the news. I loved watching the news. Even when I got to stay home from school, it's like, ooh, I get to watch Hoda and Jenna like at home. But um, yeah, so it all kind of started there. Failed 14 times. I won my first title. The next year I was giving up my crown. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I really want to go into broadcast journalism. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. What is the one thing you can think about in those 14 times that you didn't win that kept you coming back? I just really wanted to go to, so there's a little sister program of the Miss Oklahoma competition called the Miss Oklahoma's Outstanding Teen Competition. I really wanted to go and compete in it. I wanted to be on that stage. The first season that I competed in was the 2016 cycle. I didn't win a title that cycle. So I went and watched Miss Oklahoma's Outstanding Teen in the first week of June at Oral Roberts. And I remember sitting there in the audience being like, oh my gosh, I want to be one of those girls on that stage. So that whole next cycle, the 2017 cycle, I lost a lot of local competitions, but what kind of kept with me is I really wanted to compete on that stage. I wanted the opportunity to show what I can do on that stage. So it's just, just even getting to that stage, it didn't matter how I did at Miss Oklahoma's Outstanding Teen. I just wanted to be there. Man, and I think that, you know, for, to say it in other words, it's, you had a why behind that. Yeah. 
you had a why behind of why you you wanted to not fail and that's why it took you 14 times until you want it and now you're um you know wanted to get something else again whenever i met you and um man that's that's really really impressive i just it don't get me wrong i cried a lot like some of those locals i would get in the car boohoo like a little baby but from each of those experiences, it's important because you grow a little bit yeah. more and you learn a little bit more about yourself. Like, oh, maybe I need to work on X, Y, and Z. Um, I didn't really do that great in interview. Maybe I need to know about more what's going on in the world so I can answer those questions. Yeah. So like we talked about, I think that that was putting you ahead of everybody else. Um, and, and like you said, don't get me wrong, I cried a lot, but... I guarantee you that now things that you're maybe going through now and that you'll go through later in life, you'll be a little bit more tough skinned because of the pain that you've already experienced in your past. So yeah. that's awesome. So what are some of the things looking in your future? Are you still like you're interning at Oklahoma City Thunder yes. and it sounds like you're loving it. Oh, I love it. So I got to be an intern or I am an intern this semester um, for the Oklahoma City Thunder and then I also got hired on as a production assistant so I just help with any the broadcast side of the game if they need something really random I just help out with this I'm just like a little assistant running around um, but I get to do that this whole season and then the next upcoming season oh, season at the Tulsa Drillers I will be working as the on-field MC again so, oh nice so I'm excited like it's just an exciting year ahead that's awesome. And I know I remember asking you, like, do you know where you're kind of wanting to be? Because you grew up here in Tulsa. You're in Oklahoma City most of the time now. But you're so and I can feel the hunger every time I talk to you. And you're just like wherever, wherever the next opportunity is. Yeah. So if anyone's willing to hire me, I will go anywhere for them. But, um, you know, I want to stay in Oklahoma, ideally yeah. for the next year. And just go from there. Just yeah. learn more, grow more, and hopefully get into a market that I really like. Man, and there's so much, not even with what you're saying, not just you, but anybody out there, there's so much that your your attitude says about you and your energy says <laughs> about you. Because honestly, I sit here talking with you, and then the first time, the second time that I talk to you, I just truly think back on what you've already been able to accomplish. And I can't wait to look back at this podcast years down the road, whenever you're on the sidelines at an NFL game. I like, sure hope so. That'd be like, freaking cool. I'm pumped for you. I Thank really you. am. And I think that the biggest thing is to not give up. And I think you've already learned that time and time again. So uh, one of the things that I remember about the interview was that you were telling me that uh, you, you were like a big podcast listener, especially since you go back and forth an hour and a half. And, um, that was, uh, y you know, it's funny that before I, um, before I even, you know, reached out, I thought of that and I was like, man, I think that, um, this would be a great conversation to have to be able to, cause anybody can be listening to this conversation and no matter what they're going through or, or what their scenario is, they can get bits and pieces of it and just, you know, in integrate that in their life and be able to make their life better, right? That was the whole point of like coming up with this really that it all happened kind of by accident. But so tell me, what are some of your favorite podcasts that you like to listen to and what are like one or two things that you've gotten out of out of them that have really helped you out? 
I love all the NPR podcasts. Like that's like my go-to for getting to know what's going on in the world, get a little bit perspective on it. There's also a podcast by The Skim that gives you a rundown of everything that's been going on in this past week. Um, it comes out on Thursdays. I really like it. And there's also another one called The Show Before the Show. It's for minor league baseball. And I learned so freaking much from it because when I first started working at the Tulsa Drillers, I knew baseball, but I didn't know no baseball. So I really wanted to take the time and energy to really understand what the heck is going on, what these different teams are doing and how it's affecting the major league teams, even though on the minor league level. So I've really enjoyed listening to it, even though it's like an hour and a half long. I just sit there, I work out, I, I go to drive around, whatever it, I need to do that day. And I listen to it and I learn. Man, so I think that right there just says, how passionate you truly are about what you're wanting to get into and everything. So question for you, kind of like a curveball question, which you probably enjoy it since it has to do with baseball. The curveball reference. I gotcha. But, uh, so you're getting into the news. You listen to the news all the time. What are your thoughts as far as like when people say, man, like the media is bad, like media is just throwing us just all types of different, you know, lies and this and stuff like what what's the first couple things that come to your head whenever you you hear people say that i think it's really important to listen to multiple different sides of the news yes because each news source has their own lens almost in a way where if you're listening to one news station they could be framing it that news topic in a certain way while you're listening to your local news and they're framing it a different way. So I think it's really important to listen to a variety of different podcasts or different news sources because you can get a better picture of what the heck is going on. Um, I know it's, it's not good to just listen to one sole news station because you're not going to get the perspective on it. And I think it's really important to read people's stories, read people's, um, their backgrounds, what's going on and have first-hand accounts also of whatever that news topic is because you really do gain knowledge through listening to people's stories. Yeah, and I I think you hit the nail right in the head there because of two, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is like, I only listen to CNN or like, I only listen to Fox News. Mm -hmm. We kind of, I think everybody kind of knows, Yeah, you know, those two and what they both believe in and everything. But, you know, you have that and then you also have going back to talking about framing because you can have the same type of news but it can be told in so many different ways yeah and their biggest thing is they just want people to to, to stay and click yeah. click on there's a website called all sides and it takes the news topics from different news sources and compares them of like how they're written like you can seriously mm -hmm, you can look at how i would can, love for you to send that to me yeah. afterwards just send, shoot me a link on that i can send you that um what's really interesting even the type of words you used in the headline can portray such different meanings on that news topic so it's really interesting to look at because it tells you listen, this side is kind of more right-leaning or this perspective is more left-leaning or this is more of a center view on this news topic. So I always look at that to see what's going on to get perspective on both sides because a lot of our news seems very politicized right now. Yeah. So gaining perspective on both sides is really important to get a bigger picture. Yeah, I've even noticed that there's uh, certain words that no matter what the topic is, people just seem to kind of get hooked on, right? So like, trick or hack or rich or just words like that people are just like oh I, you know so it's like this news that just came out today you know how can we build it around 
you know, what's trending or what people are into right now. So that's, that was a really, really good point there. Um, so, um, and also, also this is something that I learned in high school psychology class. There is a study, I don't know what the name is. It's I'll figure it out. But, um, there's a study where what they did is they showed a video of a car crash to all of the participants and they used different words to describe the podcast or the car crash. One of them was like crash. One of them was slam. One of them was hit. And then the participants had to guess what mile per hour these cars were hitting each other. And it gave different responses. If one said slam, they're putting a higher number than someone who said hit. So, yeah, that, I don't know if you've ever seen the show on Netflix. It's called, uh, I think I'm going to butcher the name, but it's about like a hundred people that they do experiments on and it's so crazy to see these experiments on just hundred average humans and how they react to each different experiment and i think that the media and social media and all this stuff they definitely know what they're doing with how they want people to react like you said you know if we have a story right now and we put it out there and we're like we we want people to think that that this car was going 150 miles an hour. Let's use this word. Or we want people to think, you know, so they're definitely doing their homework for sure. So um, one thing that I'm curious about, um, I was listening to a podcast and I heard that in part, and it made me even more confident on the the building of my personal brand and social media presence. Um, so 74% of Americans are more willing to, do business with somebody that has a personal brand and somebody that has a social media presence, including like, I think 59, 59% of people rather do business with a doctor that has that a personal brand and they feel like they know that person. Right. So, and I think that that's just heading towards more and more of that direction. So let me ask you this. So somebody like you that is wanting to do what you're wanting to do. And then somebody that like you, 20 years ago had different opportunities. So how do you think, and now you don't really have to be a, a, a full blown sports commentator to just literally go live on the sideline of a game. And, you know, so how do you, how do, how are you utilizing it uh, or how can you utilize the impact that social media has right now to our society? I really think I could do more, honestly, yeah. especially for my career. I think it's really important to utilize social media to what you're saying, like build a brand because you, it's kind of like you're real in a way in the world of broadcast. Whenever you're trying to get a job, you're sending a reel out of like all of your tapes, all of your cuts, um, of what you've done. And you can use social media very much in the same way yeah. of putting your reel onto your social media account where people can click on and say, Oh, she's done X, Y, and Z. Like, I don't even need to watch her actual reel. Like it's all right here in front of me. So I think it's really important that I do that more and something that I'm trying to do more. And like what you're saying is like going live on a sideline. That's kind of what I'm trying to implement at my university right now. So okay. I go to a really small school it's called Oklahoma city university. We have about 1300 students. Sports is not a big thing there. So that was a big culture shock when I first got there. I'm like, why aren't we all going to the basketball game? They're yeah. like, that's just not the thing. Um, so that's something I'm trying to implement more on my university where we have students going to these games and also reporting on them to gain experience and also to build their reel. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, I think that it's a great tool to use, to be able to try to get ahead, honestly. And I think that, um, I bring, I bring that up just because I feel like you've 
been able to utilize a lot of the tools that have been given to you throughout your life. And I'm just like, man, I think that something like that, um, you know, if you're not already could, I, I think that there's so much advantage right now. Um, you know, I was, uh, on my way back from Vegas a couple weeks ago, I got to talking to the Uber driver, um, because she was driving a Tesla and I was like, man, I bet you make more money than most Uber people because you don't have to pay for gas. And she was like, yeah. And then it made me think about how, uh, there's so many jobs available right now. Um, and, I was talking to her and then I had just gotten from uh, back from the mastermind or left the day before the mastermind of, I told you, um, I believe before we even started the podcast that I met a girl that last year she was able to generate over $12 million on just social media. And I think the more that we're evolving, especially in technology, the, the, the less reason of why there is to have a like nine to five job and you know this girl let's say she could be an uber driver by day and then create content at night and be making you know pretty decent living for herself so i i just feel like there's so many tools being thrown at us that we got to take advantage of i agree where social media you have an opportunity to really grow your brand and allow people to know who you are but i also think it's important especially for myself and kind of where my season of life is, is being aware of what you're posting online. Yeah. Because I think there's just way too many college students posting stuff online. I'm like, why are you posting that? Like that could get you in big, big trouble oh, yeah. one day. So that always makes me nervous about people. It does. Yeah. And I mean, even before social media was a thing, um, those people that got in trouble for, you know, um, wearing certain costumes back in like the eighties or seventies that, old pictures that came up, you know, so it is scary, but I think in a way you always have the option of faith and fear. So I personally always do everything as like, you know, thinking it with the right head and then right. just, just having, you know, faith that nothing is, you know, bad's going to happen, you know, from that. So, um, one question I did want to ask you was, I felt that whenever I was in school, I was really busy. We had talked about how there, you know, a couple of the girls that we work here are in college and they feel super overwhelmed. I feel sometimes overwhelmed with where I am right now in life. So, but especially with you, with, with everything that you have, how do you keep everything balanced? I want to be honest this morning. I was not, did not have everything balanced. <laughs> I literally woke up late. I had to run to the business school to take my test. Um, I was about 10 minutes late. I literally run in, I'm sweating. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am so, so sorry. But I think kind of having grace for yourself in those situations is really important because you can't do everything all the time by yeah. yourself. So taking a step back, figuring out what is going to be your plan of action to accomplish everything you want to accomplish. Um, I know for myself, I get overwhelmed super duper easily. Making a to-do list is like my number one thing that I do that calms myself down. And I'm like, okay, let's figure out how I'm going to attack this, how I'm going to get all these things done tomorrow while still being able to sleep. So I think just finding what works for you is so important. Yeah. Are you a big calendar person? I am a big calendar yeah. person. I always like to have like a little personal calendar that I write in. Yeah. It like helps me remember. And, but also I'm a big to-do list person where I'll make a schedule for myself the next day. So I have like this little sheet that I write everything I need to get done, what times I want to do everything by. And then the next morning I have my schedule ready to go. Of like, okay, at six o'clock this morning, I'm going to go to this. At seven, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I think us talking about this right now, it points out how whenever people want to accomplish things, they think of like 
some complex way or plan on how to keep life balance, how to start your personal brand, how to, how to do whatever you're wanting to accomplish. But at the end of the day, it just goes to doing simple things over and over and over, creating consistency, creating habits in order to be able to, you know, have success. And I agree with that. I think where I get overwhelmed sometimes, I'm like, how am I going to accomplish this big old goal of mine? And I kind of like to break it down of like, okay, so today I'll accomplish one third of it or one part of it that will help me get to that next step. So I think that's a really great point that you brought up. Yeah. And I always like to think of my big goals as like a big mountain. You know, we have a lot of those here in, in Oklahoma, uh, Turkey Mountain. Exactly. Um, even the big ones. And I've gone to uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, was it Wichita Park or something like that? Yeah. There, you know, but anyways, so you look at a big mountain and I actually went to Buena Vista, Colorado for a camping trip this summer and saw some huge mountains that we we climbed and I, it's so overwhelming to look up and be like, man, how am I going to get there? But whenever you break it down, like you said, you break it down and you're like, what can I do right now? Oh, wait, all I can do is take one step. And then after you're done with that one step, you can take another step. Exactly. And then when you break it down and I like to make it into a game, I'm like, okay, I see that, that tree over there is about, I don't know, let's say a hundred yards away. How fast can I get to that tree? And if you're focused on that tree, you still have this big goal and then you're just focused on taking one step after another until you get that one tree, you're closer to that bigger goal. And I, f I think that so many people just overwhelm themselves by looking at the big picture and just being like, how am I ever going to get there, right? Like whenever you were, I mean, going through all those pageants, I bet if you would have started the first pageant just being like, I just lost this pageant, but I'm wanting to win it one, how am I ever going to get there? But all you could have done right there is there's one next month or next, you know, year or next whatever, however long they are apart. I got to do that one. Right. You know, just breaking it down. And I think so many people don't do that. Yeah. And that's something that gets told a lot, especially during Miss Oklahoma week is you can only control what is going on right at that moment. So if you just had interview and you felt like you bombed that interview, what can you do about it after the interview's death? done. You can't do anything about it. You have to move on to the next thing and focus on the next thing instead of just worrying about X, Y, and Z. Like, oh my gosh, I have three more days of competition. How about we just worry about the next day of competition? And I think that's something that I have to do more for myself because I get overwhelmed and I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all this? But you just got to take it one day at a time, one task at a time. Yeah. And that's one of the things too, that you can grab and take to real life that could really help out. But Ava, thank you so much for, for being here. I appreciate that you, you know, came down and uh, I'm glad we we're finally able to do this. The last question that I, li I like to ask is what is the best advice that you feel that you've ever received? Stop and smell the roses. Um, I, for me, I just get cut, get all caught up in things and I don't appreciate the moment of what's going on right at that single point of time. So I like to just like kind of sit back and be like, oh my gosh, this is all happening. This is crazy. Instead of being all nervous or anxious about whatever is going on at that time. I love that. I think that you said that directly to me and I just, I, I got to speak to her, our branch this early this week and the title of my message was, uh, you have to enjoy the journey because that's something I struggle with a lot. And you hearing you say that makes me just kind of 
a reminder, constant reminder. So, because I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for I having me. I can't wait to send this to you later down the road and be like, Hey, remember when you were on and now you're doing huge, huge things, which you're already doing big things, but I appreciate you. And I hope that you have a safe drive back. Thank you. I appreciate you saying all that. And I'm glad to be here.